plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Steelers. I'm John Ledyard, your host from over at FanRag Sports and NDTScouting.com, as well as several other spots that you've heard me around the interwebs, probably uh, Locked On NFL Draft podcast, which if you're into the NFL Draft, you can check out five days a week. Trevor Sikama, my co-host and I, talk NFL Draft. We're going through our positional rankings right now, so some really cool stuff on that front. If you guys are interested, you can check that out on iTunes and on Audioboom. Uh, today we've got a lot to talk about, don't we? I mean, the Vance McDonald trade went down last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say. Uh, we haven't discussed that yet, uh, but both his roster, their implications for him in terms of the roster impact and who gets cut as a result, um, and in terms of what he'll mean on the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. A lot of people looked at this trade and they saw two things. Uh, they saw Vance McDonald in his time with the San Francisco 49ers, a second-round pick that has in four years produced 64 catches for 866 yards and seven touchdowns. That's over the course of four years. Some tight ends have done that in a year. Some that have received a second-round pick have done that in a year. And so he's looked at probably in some way as a bust in San Francisco, but I think it's impossible to consider him that. Um, even even in San Francisco, uh, where I understand where they're coming from, look at the quarterback play, look at the way that he was used in that offense. I mean, when Jim Tom Sula was there for a year, they were going 13 personnel, packing it in, trying to run the ball. He was asked to be a blocker, um, and he, he isn't a great blocker. He's not a bad blocker. He's just he's adequate, and he gives great effort, I think, in that way. He's not the biggest or, or strongest guy, but uh, I think that there's things that he needs to work on in that capacity. I think I'm confident that he'll get better in Pittsburgh uh, because he is kind of a dog. He does get after people. I like that about him, um, but I think that he's very much – a move tight end uh, that should be flexed out, that should be part of a vertical passing attack, an offense that wants to be aggressive down the field. He had no other weapons around him in the passing game in San Francisco. He received below average quarterback play consistently while he was there, uh, and he was being used in an offense that was not well suited for what he offers. So don't get caught up in the numbers here, folks. And I know people talk about the drops. When you're not targeted very often, um, the drops tend to tend to mount a little bit. And you know, we talked about the the inaccurate passes. You know, his direction and how that's um, that's been talked about. I should say, you know, the inaccurate passes in his direction and how that's contributed to him catching a low percentage of his targets. Um, hasn't been a lot of good quarterback play, and, and I think that Vance McDonald drops could be an issue here and there. But guess what? They're an issue with Martavis Bryant. They're an issue with uh, even Antonio Brown at times. They're an issue with Sammy Coates. Um, you know, the, Jesse James has barely been targeted, and he drops so. To me, unless we're bringing up a concern that for some reason should negate this trade from happening, then I, I don't know why we're discussing it. You know what I mean? To, to, drop, to me, drops are magnified in the mind. If Vance McDonald goes and drops two passes but then catches two touchdowns, you may talk about the drops if you want, but no one else is going to care when you talk about them because he caught two touchdowns. And so I think you look at the upside of what he has the chance to bring your offense and um, you live with the drops. I mean, you're going to get him anyway in Jesse James, right? You were going to get him anyway with Xavier Grimble for sure. And David Johnson's barely going to get targeted because, 
he's not athletic enough to gain much separation or threaten the vertical parts of the field. Now you have a guy in Vance McDonald who can stretch the field from the tight end position, who can flex out wide from the tight end position, who has a history and has been good in the red zone. I think five of his seven touchdowns have come in the red zone in his career. So when he's been targeted in that area, he has a history of being able to come up with big catches in that area, an area the Steelers struggled in way too often, especially on the road last season. Jesse James ain't making those plays, folks. Now you have the chance to make more of those plays with Vance McDonald. And even if he isn't targeted down the field in the vertical passing game, now you have a guy that's actually a threat in that capacity that allows you to do mismatch things out of 12, 13 personnel, um, that allows you to have an explosive option on the field, even if he isn't targeted. Uh, Now defenses have to account for him. They have to change personnel. Uh, they have to find somebody who can match him and don't get don't get it mixed Vance McDonald is an athlete he can separate not only is he an athlete he is a better route runner and a more sudden route runner than Ladarius Green was maybe not quite as fast vertically but a better and more sudden route runner for sure Uh, presses a defensive back space breaks away sharply looks for the ball finds it adjusts to it off target um and is aggressive after the catch as well. Those were things Ladarius Green did not do well. He was not a dog when the ball was in the air. He was not a dog in contested catch situations despite his size and length, and he was definitely not looking to put a hurt on people after the catch. If he had space, he was taking it. Vance McDonald is much more aggressive in his demeanor in that way. So to me, McDonald is a is a better version of what Green offered. I know that Green had all this upside and potential, but at the point that he got to the Steelers, it would have been really hard to see it recognized. Now, could he have been a good player in Pittsburgh? For sure, because he offered athletic traits with the other weapons around him that we could, the Pittsburgh could have really maximized what he offered. Vance McDonald can do that too, folks. That's what we don't realize, I think, with this trade and why you know it's the excitement's a little bit lower on this trade than I think. I think it should be. I, I the more I think about, it, the more excited I get because not only can he give your offense another dimension that it currently doesn't have. But he's going to open up options for everybody else, and everybody else is going to open up options for him. You know, this is Vance McDonald went from one of the worst situations in the NFL for his skill set to one of the best situations in the NFL for his skill set. And if you don't think scheme and coaching and usage and the the added bonus of playing around more talented players, not to mention one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Ben Roethlisberger, is a big difference for a player. You don't know, folks. You don't know what you're talking about because this is a massive difference for Vance McDonald. If he brings it competitively and all his tape and what everyone ever says about him is an indication he will, I think the Steelers have a really nice player on their hands. Not necessarily like a a Heath Miller type or anything like that. Different player than Heath. uh, But I think a very capable player on their hands that is clearly a massive upgrade on this tight end group. And isn't that the point? I mean, you have to find someone that's affordable, that's doable contract-wise uh, in terms of length and in terms of uh, you know salary cap implications, but also someone who who's going to contribute. That's not just anybody. You know, Steelers make a trade like this, and everybody's well, well, you know, it seems like they compare him to like Travis Kelsey or something like that. You know, it's this is a great move because. Vance McDonald's affordable. The Steelers had to trade down, what, 15, 20 spots. They basically swapped. You know, that's nothing in the third day of the draft. Uh, not worried about that at all. The, you know, you, you weigh that against getting a player of Vance McDonald's caliber at that spot in the draft. Probably not going to happen. So you take Vance McDonald, you move down 15 spots, and you keep a pick. Um, to get a pick back for that, I thought was great. Um, 
I didn't really see a way the Niners could have perceived that they won this trade other than maybe getting out of McDonald's contract. But that's the thing. Pittsburgh can get out of his contract after this year if he's disappointing. He's he's essentially a year-to-year player without the threat of dead cap money. Um, and so it's just an, it's a win, it's a huge win for Pittsburgh. It's not a big salary cap hit. They can get out of him whenever they want. They barely gave up anything to get him. And, and his upside, I think, in a better offense through the roof. I think it's he could be he could be one of the more productive tight ends in the league this year in this offense. And even if he isn't productive on paper, his impact on the field is going to be productive for Pittsburgh because of the way that he forces defenses to adjust. They didn't have that guy. There was no threat of Jesse James or David Johnson or even Xavier Grimble. Uh, of you know having to guard them with a safety or having to you know Vance McDonald consistently separates against safeties in man coverage on tape when he's targeted I and mean, even when he's not targeted and so and threatens the deeper portions of the field I mean last year last year this guy averaged over 16 yards per catch I know he only had 24 catches but he's maximizing his opportunities he's stretching teams vertically and he's making the most of his opportunities after the catch yes drops could be an issue at times Welcome to the rest of the Steelers' offense. The Steelers have a high-variance offense. All these guys have elite potential, elite ability, and then there's going to be times where the mental lapse is there and they make a drop. Vance McDonald fits right in, and I don't think there's any reason we should scourge him for that just because he was brought in via trade and the Steelers had to give up some asset, even though it was basically meaningless at this point. So I think that considering what Vance McDonald's been asked to do, how often he's been targeted, the caliber of teammate around him, I think he's a huge, massive upgrade, and I think that he has the potential to do really nice things in Pittsburgh. I'll say this as well. He's not a good as good a blocker as Jesse James, uh, and Jesse James has become a really good run blocker. Pass blocking, I don't think any of the options the Steelers have are great. Um, that's okay. There's a lot of five-man protections, and, and the offensive line does a really nice job, and Le'Veon Bell's the best pass protecting back in the league. So I think that they're still covered in that as long as guys are adequate. That's not a huge concern to me. Um, but in the run game, Jesse James definitely better. I think Vance McDonald is just an adequate run blocker. I don't think he's great, but that's fine. That, that's not what Pittsburgh was looking for. He'll be asked to do it here and there, of course, but I don't think that that's going to be his primary usage. I mean, they have David Johnson. They have Jesse James. Both those guys are better run blockers, and I have no issue with that. Vance McDonald isn't a liability in the run game or anything like that, I think. Uh, I just don't think he's going to be quite as impactful. Um, he was asked to do it a lot, so a ton of experience doing it, but I think he's going to benefit from probably doing it less in Pittsburgh as well, So, or doing it in a, in a fashion that better suits him, such as a, maybe a move blocker, you know, a lot of split zone. And that's the other nice thing. Now the Steelers can come out, even when it's 11 personnel, and where they used to take Jesse James out in some situations and put David Johnson in to run split zone and have him come across the formation and kick, and then they would occasionally just slip him right out to the flat and have him catch the ball, Johnson isn't explosive or athletic enough to really maximize those opportunities. Now you do that with Vance McDonald, you have the threat every time he could throw the block or he could slip out into the flat, Ben can roll out, hit him, and then McDonald can do a little bit more after the catch and create a little more space before the catch than David Johnson could. So you looking at how he's going to be used in those types of situations and opportunities, this is a massive win for Pittsburgh. There, there's no way. And even if McDonald sucks here, there's no way. There's no risk. You move back 15 to 20 spots, you took on a contract that doesn't hurt you. There's no risk. This is the kind of move that should be made. This is the kind of move they should be making to or looking to make at the cornerback position if they can um, get something like that. Um, I think that that's probably the biggest difference at this point because the, this is win now for Pittsburgh. This move suggests win now, but it's also extremely low risk. So 
you don't necessarily have a ton of concern with it either, which is that's the ideal situation. I'm okay with taking on some risk too if it means win now, honestly. Uh, But the Steelers really didn't even do that in this situation. So even if you disagree with my win now mindset, you can't look at this trade as a negative because it's clearly a positive. So um, Joe Hayden, how about let's talk about that? And uh, well, first let's talk about the impact on the roster that that he could have, um, that Vent McDonald could have. To me, I think it's simple. I know people discuss, you know, what's going to happen, who's going to get cut, you know, are they going to keep four tight ends? I doubt it. Um, to me, Xavier Grimble probably gets cut. I think he still has practice squad eligibility. Somebody check me on that if I'm wrong. But if he still has practice squad eligibility, go that route with him. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, you can keep a guy there um, if somebody gets goes down or gets hurt. But you know, David Johnson's not getting cut. Really good run blocker. Um, Jesse James isn't getting cut. So, and I don't think why why keep four tight ends if you thought the group was was bad enough that you had to trade for another one. You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, if you traded for a tight end, it's because you were worried about the the everything about this group. You know, the depth and everything. So, you know, to me. You trade for one, you cut one, and I think it's that simple. Um, let's talk about the Joe Hayden contract real quick while we have a couple minutes. Um, Joe Hayden's contract, uh, Cleveland trying to trade him. That's the the recent rumors. Um, he has a potential out after this season. I don't think it would be much of a dead cap money hit uh, to the Steelers or to anyone else if they were to acquire him. My biggest issue, and, and he's still 27 years old right now, my biggest issue with Joe Hayden is that he hasn't played very well. Oh, I looked at the. I don't think that was Joe Hayden that I just mentioned. Uh, but my biggest issue with Joe Hayden that uh, that I that I think could be a problem moving forward is that he just hasn't played very well. So he's 28 years old. My bad about his age. He's 28 years old. There's a potential out after this season uh, for his contract uh, where it would be minimal dead cap money hit. Uh, I'm not sure if Steelers would incur any. We'll have to check on that. But either way, we're talking about a guy that you can get out of his deal after this year. And Cleveland's in the same boat. They can get out of his deal after this year. So. It'd be a year-to-year type player. Um, that's ideal. That's what the Steelers are looking for. The problem is his hit this season is $14 million. So you don't want to incur that. Um, and so I think that Pittsburgh has to weigh the positives versus the negatives. Um, Joe Hayden has not played well. He's not played well for a couple years now. And that consistently not playing well has would suggest that he's probably on somewhat of a decline. But he's only 28 years old. He was once one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um I don't know what happened. You know, I think the skills are there. The size is there. The work ethic's there. Um, high character guy. He puts in the time. There's never been any concerns there. I think Cleveland loves him in the locker room. It's one of those weird situations where it's hard to describe just how a player fell off. I know Antonio Brown's always given him issues, and Pittsburgh Steelers always point to that. But he was once a good corner. I really – I would love to see him somewhere else. Um, I'm troubled. I wouldn't bet on him becoming a, a, a quality player at his position again. But it's hard for me to believe that this is it with Joe Hayden. Um, so I would love to see him somewhere else. I just don't know if that spots Pittsburgh. A lot of experience in man coverage. He Scheme-wise, he would certainly help. He would obviously be an upgrade. Let's not act like he wouldn't be an upgrade just because he hasn't played well. He's clearly an upgrade over Ross Cockrell and Cody Sensabaugh. Um, but, yes, he hasn't played well, so is he worth it? Is he worth what you'll pay him? You can get out after this year. So I don't know. Uh, I think it's an interesting situation to look at. Um, but – at the same time, uh, I think that Pittsburgh has to weigh the positives and the negatives. And the fact is, Joe Hayden just hasn't played that well, and he's overpaid at this point in his career. So, um, to me, this is a situation where you almost hope he gets cut, and you know, then you can try and do something. You know, but at this point, um, 
I don't see Joe adding Joe Hayden as feasible. Um, you know, if there's some way to work it out that it happens that way, um, I think that the Steelers could consider it. Uh, I don't think it's a ridiculous idea like some other people do, uh, but at the same time, I think that right now wouldn't be the smartest, and it, it would depend on largely you know what do you need to give up to get him. And I would not give up draft resources at this point to get him. Uh, unless we're talking about a really low-end pick, which I don't think Cleveland would take for him. So I just don't know that I see a, a great fit. I know Cleveland's looking for a receiver. The Steelers have a lot of those. So potentially something could work out there. I don't know what kind of receiver they're looking for um, in that offense. It seems like they have some vertical threats, and that's basically what Pittsburgh would be offering with Sammy Coates or Justin Hunter and you know, maybe a low-end pick. And I'm not, I'm just not sure what Cleveland's looking for. So I think it should be considered. I think it should be looked at. Uh, but I probably wouldn't pull the trigger unless something happens that I don't expect to happen or Cleveland doesn't need that much for him. Or, you know, we'll see. Um, but I, I would say Pittsburgh needs to be, I think they need to be, maybe aggressive is the wrong word, but proactive at least about, looking at cornerback options and trying to acquire someone, whether when cuts happen or something of that nature, an upgrade is needed, man. This, I don't think this group can say the same going into the season. And, and clearly Pittsburgh didn't expect Cody Sensabaugh to compete for a starting spot when they brought him in. And so the fact that Ross Cockrell struggled and they've had to elevate Sensabaugh to that kind of a role suggests that they can't be totally happy with the cornerback room either. And I think at this point, based on the McDonald move and, I, it's hard for me to believe Pittsburgh doesn't think this is the season, you know, where they have to go kind of not necessarily all in, but, you know, to a degree, they have to kind of put their money where their mouth is um, and go out and acquire players that have a chance to help them win a Super Bowl. Because right now, it's hard for me to believe that that's Ross Cockrell and Cody Sensible in the starting lineup. Um, not if they're going to go more man coverage and diversify their scheme some. Don't be surprised if the regular season starts and the Steelers run the same schematics that they ran last year and those guys look okay. That's going to be fine. There's not going to be, you know, I think those guys can be adequate in that way. That's why I'm, I'm a fan of bringing in somebody else so that when the time comes, when they face those better offenses and they do have to diversify the coverage schemes and ask a little bit more of their corners, then those guys, that, that whoever they acquire, can be ready to step into a bigger role at that point. Um, because I think they will go back to some of the old things they've done, maybe to start the season and then kind of slowly ease into some of the newer concepts. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. I still expect Artie Burns to kind of trail number one receivers, um, you know, even if they're playing zone on that side of the field, just to be in the vicinity. Um, so, so yeah, some things to watch with Pittsburgh's defense, and I think the secondary is going to bear watching here as the last preseason game comes, uh, you know, jumps out, and um, then as the cuts happen, I think that they'll be having to look at those and see if there's a player they can acquire that uh, is a great fit moving forward. But. For the Vance McDonald trade, really good stuff. I think it's going to help Pittsburgh significantly. Um, I think that if you look at his athletic testing from the combine, a guy that really, really stood out. Um, he's always had a good reputation, I feel like, for being a worker. and um, So I think that there's a lot to look forward to with that trade. And you know, to me, I think that it makes this offense – I think this offense has a chance to be absolutely unstoppable if the execution's there. The, the, the real question mark, what's Ben going to play like this season? That continues to be the thing that's in the back of my head. I think he's going to be fine. Um, but can he be great? You know, last year there were some signs of decline a little bit. Uh, nothing, nothing significant, nothing that suggested replacement or anything like that or retirement. But I thought there were some signs where things dropped off a little bit last year. But physically, he still looks good. You know, the arm still looks good. I don't see any concerns there accuracy wise. So uh, I'm, I'm confident that he can get back to the player he was the year before and, and lead this team. Um, to challenge for a Super Bowl because his roster's loaded. 
this is the window, this is the time, and uh, I think the Vance McDonald move only enhances that way of thinking. So I'll be back later in the week when the Steelers play Thursday. Uh, that's tomorrow. I'll have thoughts on the game from Thursday, uh, Thursday night after the game, and, and uh, kind of a, a, a prediction of what the roster shakedown will look like um, by season's end. Um, and then uh, over the weekend, we'll figure out what the cuts are, and we'll come back and we'll talk about them early next week, more than likely. So as always, make sure you keep it locked right here on Locked On Steelers. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.